What is good? Welcome to the Always Gaining Podcast. My name is Austin Goodwin. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you're here to learn about lifting, nutrition, habit building, or productivity, you are in the right place. If not, stick around. You still might learn something worthwhile. If you like the podcast, please leave a five-star review on whichever platform you are listening to. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Always Gaining Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Goodwin. This is episode number two, two of many. First of all, thank you to everybody that left me feedback and listened to the first episode. It really, really means a lot. And second of all, to everyone who commented on my slight but noticeable Alabama accent, I appreciate you noticing my hillbilly roots and Every now and then, I'll make sure to bring it out just to remind y'all where I'm from. Now, let's get into some serious business. I was asking around about what people wanted to hear for episode two, and there was one central idea that really has to do with who I am as a person. People want to know my process and how I maintain positivity and staying upbeat. And while, let me just tell you, I would love to sit behind this microphone and say, Just look at the bright side of things, but it's definitely not that simple. And people who tell other people to do that are completely undermining the strength that comes with acknowledging the negative things in life and what they can do for our character. Also, it's 2020 and unless you're living under a rock, and I feel like the rock people have even figured it out, a lot of stuff has happened this year, a whole pandemic has shaken the core of our day-to-day experience. It doesn't matter who you are, we've all felt the same challenges and struggles on some type of level. There's been a social and a racial awakening in our country. There are many other things that I'm leaving out simply because I think we could have a whole podcast just on 2020, but the point is I think 2020 has served us all a proverbial punch in the face. Honestly, from an economic standpoint, we've never had it better up until 2020 happened. There were still things that were bad, but all in all, we are still and were the most privileged society in human history. And when the rug gets pulled out from underneath us, we're faced with a lot of new challenges. A lot of people lost jobs, or people who were looking forward to getting jobs are now working entry-level positions or they're not working at all and those who are working are just trying to make ends meet. Many of my college friends, both my age and people who graduated this last winter or this past spring are in this position. They don't really know what to do, there is no job market and they just spent four years of their life and now they have nowhere to go. Other people, like myself, are still very fortunate to have a job, but one thing as a society that we are overwhelmingly facing is dealing with a voice inside our heads. And no, we're not crazy or we're not going insane, anything like that, but I mean our stream of consciousness in our daily thoughts. We're spending more time in isolation, more than we ever have before. And as a result, we are spending more time with our thoughts for good reasons and bad reasons. In a world where the negative is constantly pitched our way because 
It makes money. It keeps our attention as the new normal, as we like to call it. It's hard to maintain constructive mental health practices because there is a duality of, oh, you should have good mental health even though the world is kind of falling apart. And I wanted to do this podcast to teach people how to stay upbeat and how to keep the momentum going when it feels like the world is falling apart. So this is how we're going to have this talk. There are two parts of the human experience that really define our outlook and the subsequent outcomes in our lives. The mental and then the physical approach to whatever is before us into our life. And I want to spend a lot of time on the mental part of that because the physical is going to get its own podcast episode series, but the mental, I think, is more important to what we're trying to accomplish here. So let's dive in. How does Austin, how do I stay so positive and so upbeat with everything going on? And I'll be completely honest, I don't. I don't always stay positive. I try my hardest and I take steps to craft a positive environment, but I'd be completely full of myself if I said, oh yeah, it's life is always great, I never have negative emotions, I never feel down on myself, I never just want to put the covers over my head and go back to sleep. Although, extra sleep would be nice sometimes. Here's the thing, it's, it's not always okay to try to be positive. But there is always a reason not to lose positivity, no matter how much things are negative around you. You can still have a very positive outlook on life, but have moments where you just admit, wow, this really sucks, and I don't feel great about things going on. It's called being a human being. But for me, it really starts with three major factors to keep myself rooted in positivity. Number one is having a passion. Number two is employing endless gratitude. And sort of number 2.5, but three, is maintaining the prospect of perspective and having your choice in perspective. Let's talk about passion. When you can roll out of bed in the morning and have something that really just gets you going, it really puts the fire in the pit of your stomach, it makes all the difference, honestly. You can absolutely hate your nine to five job if you're in that position, I'm sorry. But if you love your side hustle, if you love what is fun to you, that in and of itself can keep you going. For me, I have multiple passions and I'm very thankful for that. I love doing creative work as my career. That's huge for me, making the right career choice. And we'll talk in future episodes about the choice that college students make in their majors as it pertains to pursuing passion or making money. But for now, I'm just grateful that I chose a path that nourishes my passion because I've learned if you do something with passion for long enough, you will stand out and the money will soon follow that. I digress though because work is just one of my passions. I love reading and writing and this podcast is part of my passion to help other people in a practical and self-empowering way, not just motivational BS, but hey, I actually learned something from this and this is another human being that has done the things that I've done. I want to be that person for people. If you know me, you know I love working out and if you're hearing this for the first time, 
you could probably pick that up just by the name of the podcast. Also, I love cooking. I love working on cars. There's a lot of things that I'm passionate about doing, but the point in all these things is not to necessarily escape your life, but if you walk around all robotic and you never put your heart into anything, you'll never be happy. Some people have been told their entire life what they're supposed to love, and they truly haven't figured that out for themselves. And I can admire people who put their passions on full display and let it shine through their personality. There are three amazing people that I know on some level in college who have pursued their passion to some degree. The first is my friend and fellow Capstone Agency cohort, Merritt. Uh, shout out to Merritt, shout out to Capstone Agency for producing some amazing people. I really want to shout out Merritt here though, who is an inspiring PR professional, very close in the field to what I do, a little bit different, but still where she came from and the amount of work she has put into developing herself is truly awesome. But besides crushing it in college with PR, like I got to witness, she is also the founder and the blogger behind Sishood of the Traveling Fork. And yes, I am a brother in the Sishood. So Sishood of the Traveling Fork is an awesome account focused on amazing eats and recipes, videos, which you can find on Instagram at Sishood, S-I-S-H-O-O-D of the Traveling Fork. With this content, you can genuinely tell that Merritt is a foodie through and through, which I respect because I love good looking food. I love tasty food, and I love learning more and more about it. It just shows through in her content and her on-screen presence. The second person is another blogger-style-ish type of person, Maylee, also known as at the Real Coffee Roaster on Instagram. And let me tell you, if there's one thing I love, it's coffee and good coffee at that. She talks about coffee products, coffee shops, coffee reviews, coffee, coffee, coffee. Not only does she do this, but she trickles in plenty of in-the-life content to help keep things fresh. She writes amazing narratives and builds stories around her coffee experiences, her life experiences. You can honestly tell how much she loves making her content. People talk about being coffee lovers, but she lives it. Finally is someone I came across through a mutual friend, both in fitness and in college. Her name is Victoria also known as at lift with Vic lift with V I C on Instagram. And I just want to say she's an all around badass person. She's done powerlifting competitions, bikini competitions. She's an electrical engineer. She brings tons of value through her fitness content on Instagram, but she also has this unapologetic and truly authentic style that separates her from the crowd of people in the fitness space, whether it's showing the hustle behind her and her soon-to-be husband's gains, the weekend grocery run, or a peak at work life. It's impossible to skip one of Vic's stories. Shout out to all three of these people again. Really, why did I mention them? It's not just to be an awesome friend and to tell them that I admire their work, but because they are three of the biggest go-getters and seemingly motivated people that I know. Of course, they're human beings too. I'm sure they have bad days just like everyone else and some of them will tell you that blatantly but they also embody an undeniable passion for what they do do what you have to do to find your passion and make it as much of your life as possible so that is number one 
Number two, I want to lead into gratitude and perspective here. Gratitude and perspective for me have been an ever-present part of my mentality. It's all rooted for me in the hardships that I've faced in my life. And this is the part of the podcast where I promised in the first episode I would be transparent and I would be personal. The hardships I've faced in my life are unique to me, but I think they're important to note in who I am now and where I came from. As a kid, I grew up with parents that both struggled with drug dependence. It's not a pointing fingers, it's not a, oh, they chose to do this or that, but that's simply the way it was. There were a lot of ups and downs in the security of my home as a kid. You know, at the high, we were doing just okay, and things weren't a complete mess. And that was a win for us. But at the lows, I had a parent in rehab, or I had a parent in the hospital. I had no food to eat in my home. And I was depending on school to feed me and kind of provide me a mental escape from what was going on back home. And I just want to say to all the kids that I know that are going through that or have gone through that, it's my passion to to touch that part of the community and to be able to really speak to these kids in their narratives. And I'm thankful for having a sister that stepped in when she could to help for having my friend Chris and his family practically adopting me after some of my mom and dad's worst times. And really, I'm just thankful to be here and to be the person I am because of where I came from. Hardship is part of the human experience, and none of us experience it equally. What you may define as a hardship or a challenge, that may have been my normality, or vice versa. While my dad couldn't always provide for me, there was never, ever a moment in my life where I doubted his faith in me or how much he loved me or pushed me to do what I love to do. Other people, while they could have everything they ever wanted in their lives, they could have overly strict parents or parents whose only goal is to live vicariously through their kids. Again, hardship is unique to each and every one of us and we all perceive it differently and we have to remind ourselves that nobody knows who we are when we walk into the room. So tying hardship back into gratitude and perspective overwhelmingly creates a positive feeling and emotion for me. The hardships from my past help me frame the challenges that I've overcome and that I'm going through right now. Oh yeah, well, my work was really difficult today or I didn't sleep very well. Well, I have my own bed to sleep in and I have food in my home I don't have to worry about losing my home or power, and these are all things I didn't have at some point in my life. Do I think that employing perspective and gratitude for what you have should undermine the significance of whatever problems you're dealing with? Absolutely not. If something is difficult, then it's difficult. That's how it is. But life isn't just about what happens to us. Something as minor as a flat tire or as major as the death of the family member, these things can and will happen. And we must take them for what they are and respect why it's happening. But what we can control is how we manage our perspective of whatever challenge comes our way. For me, I lost my dad last year after years of him dealing with health issues. And every single day I still think about my dad And the loss still hurts me, and I get a little bit choked up just talking about it. But I swore not to let the loss 
make me a bitter person. Losing a parent that we are close with at the core of our most tribal selves is one of the most significant life changes that we can go through, and everybody responds to this differently. But I've been overly intentional about employing two things. Number one, perspective. My dad isn't in pain anymore. I saw firsthand exactly how much pain he went through every single day the last 10-15 years of his life. I know where he's at. And after years of worry, years of struggling, years of dealing with poverty, that's not his reality anymore. And number two is gratitude. And I had a father who loved me and loved his kids more than he loved himself. He taught me so much and shaped me into who I am as a person. I can be selfish and angry at God for not giving me more time with my dad, or I can be grateful for the time I did have. But let's tie this back to you. What does this mean for you? Should you wallow yourself in all the bad things that have happened to you before just to make yourself feel positive that things aren't that bad anymore? No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not practical at all, but what is practical is constantly putting your reality into context. Take your own personal challenges. What have you overcome? Maybe you had a hard time learning in school or are having a hard time learning in school or on the job. Maybe you were socially different and you were bullied as a kid. Maybe you're socially different now and still find it hard to get along with people. Maybe on the outside you feel like you fit in, but on the inside you feel alone. Maybe you don't look the same as everybody else. Maybe you had insecurity in your life like I did, with your home, your family, or just financially speaking. Maybe you've been discriminated against in some capacity for your gender, your race, your sexual preference, a disability, the list goes on. The scope of hardship is wide and again, it's uniquely individual. But your ability to frame what you've been through reminds you of where you're going. And that's why we can lose positivity. We lose our vision, we lose our sense of purpose, and we forget how much we've progressed to make it to the very moment that we're in right now as you're listening to this podcast, as you wake up the next morning. But maybe looking back and reflecting on what you've been through isn't necessarily your style, and that's okay. Sometimes we need positivity to do more than just change our emotions. Sometimes we need it to kick us in the tail and force us into taking action instead of drowning in our thoughts. But what do I mean by this? Think about what you have in your life right now. If you're listening to this, Number one, it means you have some kind of technology or access to the internet on some kind of device somewhere. You most likely have your job or school or something that you have to go and do every single day. You have some sense of family or friends. You have capability to do work as a human being. Now, bear with me here, but... What if you didn't have any of these things? Just when we think we have life figured out, we can get blindsided. God knows I did. I was in a happy relationship, had a job I loved, I was more confident than I'd ever been in my life, and then life took my dad away from me. And that changed every single aspect of my life in some way. And I had to fight to bring myself to where I was before all of that happened. What if something were to happen to you? What if you lost a family member, a parent, 
an aunt, an uncle, sibling, be it who it may? What if you lost your job? What if you lost a scholarship or just suddenly couldn't go to school for some reason? What if you developed a condition that took your eyesight away or it hindered your cognitive ability and you couldn't learn very well anymore? The possibilities are endless and I'm not saying these things to be morbid or to look at things in a negative light. But when we don't check our privileges, we lose track of how lucky we are to have them. And the truth is, if you have food to eat, if you have a bed to sleep in, and you are an American educated person and are capable of doing work, you're so much better off than much of the world. And again, that's not to disqualify whatever your struggle is. Again, struggle is relative to the person. Speaking about these things isn't meant to scare you or to put bad ideas or fortune in your life. It's just an alternate look at what your reality could be. And it roots you back into all the positive things you have in your life, even if they are basic. And I get it. We have to balance being practical and respecting our individual situations. Don't confuse being grateful or utilizing perspective with being delusional. You can't cover every negative emotion with a blanket of gratitude and passion. You have to feel your feelings sometimes, and you have to have those thoughts. But having the emotional maturity of separating your thoughts from who you are is absolutely critical to developing as an adult and as a human being. As my friend Zach Rent says, you are you. You are not your thoughts. Learn to separate the two. So let's bring it back to 30,000 feet here. Hopefully you got some insight there, some helpful information to being more practically positive. And look, this isn't some positive rah-rah, the world of sunshine and rainbows parade. There are rainy, cloudy, stormy days. Michael Jordan wasn't a 100% shooter. Muhammad Ali still lost fights. Some of the most celebrated humans in our lifetime are far from perfect. So don't expect yourself to be. With this being said, we've covered a ton about mentality, but I want to dive into the physical reality for just a little bit here. And I don't want to blur the lines between mentality versus action because I want to have a whole podcast episode around habit building and productivity. On the same token, you can have the most upbeat spirit in the world, but until you put it into action and you face the grit that is life, it's just wishful thinking and it's not at all practical. Let's think about this for a second, okay? Positive. Upbeat. Productive. These are things that don't cooperate well with unorganized, stressed, pessimistic. We are creatures of habit, and every action we take through every habit we form is a vote for the type of person that we want to be. Finding habits and routines that work for you is the key to maintaining general optimism in your life, at least in my opinion. Every positivity guru on Instagram can preach about positivity, but if you know that their life was a total crap show, how much would you listen to them? This is where I want to tie fitness back into this whole idea of positivity and as a core in my life philosophy and how I approach my day-to-day. -day. I'm going to tap into the Dwayne Johnson philosophy here. Now, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I hope you know who he is, but... 
I want to give you a little synopsis. Hollywood's biggest star, one of WWE's greatest entertainers of all time, has one of the greatest physiques of any actor ever, and is undoubtedly the icon and aspiration for New Age masculinity. Obviously, I'm a big Dwayne Johnson fan. I've been a fan of him since I was a kid, and I've studied all of his work. But it's because of his approach, not just his accomplishments, that I love him so much. He lives by the mantra, find your anchor. What does this mean? How does Hollywood's number one star manage his crazy life? That's one way to put it. His completely insane life is another way to put it, where he's shooting roles to two in the morning, he's maintaining the best looking body in Hollywood, he's running a tequila brand, he's being a father to his daughters. His anchor is what keeps him going. His anchor and my anchor are a lot of the same. It's our time in the gym. Your anchor is what keeps you steady when the waves of life are rocking all around you. That's why it's called an anchor keeps your ship from moving around and around and around. If your world were to be turned upside down tomorrow, what are the things that would stay the same? And you really need to have an assessment of this because if you don't have an anchor, that's, that's one problem in and of itself. But assess the anchor that you do have if you do have one and ask yourself, am I really relying on this the way I should be? I could have an absolutely crappy work day. I could be traveling. During every single high of my life, like moving into a new place, a new city, or every low time, like losing my parent, I've always had the gym and weightlifting working out as my anchor to look forward to. And in a way, this is how I can always center my mind and keep my focus, no matter how crazy life gets outside of the gym. I know that I have that one hour a day where everything is the same. But I don't just want to talk about the gym as the cure-all for everybody's lack of positivity and motivation. That's not what it is. Because honestly, the gym, and weightlifting in particular, is not for everybody. And each person has their own preferences. But being a fitness-minded person is undoubtedly the number one physical thing that I've done in my life to maintain positivity and stay motivated. I mean, boil it down what it means to be healthy and fit, down to the basics. You move and push your body in some shape or form physically each day. You eat a diet full of nutrient-dense foods. You sleep seven to eight hours a night. All of these things transfer over into the discipline of your everyday life, your job, your emotional life. For me, the discipline of the gym and for having consistent productivity every single day brings me fulfillment. And positivity and motivation here can be paired up in the same way. You may not always have positivity. You may not always have motivation. But where motivation fails, you have discipline. Because you remember why you have to have that discipline. Let's take this back outside of fitness. I know not all of you are crazy fitness addicts like I am, and that's completely fine. But where this discipline translates to your lives is in building good habits and good systems. Every behavior or trait that we have is a culmination of us executing small habits over time. Translation, 
We do things consistently and it becomes who we are, for good or for bad. Take for example, checking your phone during work once and eventually over a couple of weeks this leads to a few times a day. A couple more months, this can lead to you checking it more and more until eventually it's interfering with your workflow. And it all begins with a small simple habit of, oh, I have a small little break right here. I'm going to check my phone instead of doing whatever. And then doing that repeatedly. But I don't want to just talk about bad habits. There are good habits too. If we decide to meal prep one Sunday, and you don't have to be a crazy fitness addict to be a meal prepper, you can just be aware of time management. You decide to meal prep one Sunday. Okay, I'm going to try it because you want to be more consistent in your diet or you just want to save time. This leads to you recognizing how convenient and time-saving it is not to prepare a meal every single day, even if it is just one meal for the entire week or to go out for one of your meals for the week. It can save you anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour every single day. And this adds up. And you like it so much that it leads to you prepping every single Sunday. And you think, okay, I'm going to be prepping meals. Might as well check my calories and keep those in track. Then you start making real progress with your weight loss or your muscle gain. Or you have a lot more time to do the things that you love to do instead of cooking. Take that extra 20 or 30 minutes a day that you save by not cooking a meal and read a book. You want to be a better reader? Read more. Free up time to do it. The point I'm making here is our individual habits pull together and they define the type of person we are, no matter how small or big we think the habit is. So take the things that you do well and double down on them. Rely on your strengths. Take the things that you don't do well. And first, you have to reverse engineer what causes you to do that thing. Then take micro actions to change that habit. If you drink too many soft drinks or you feel tired, it's as easy as replacing just one soda a week or eating out one less meal a day, having one less donut a week. And I'm relying on the fitness examples here because this is where I see it most often. But you can apply this to your own life in any context that you want to. I think you get it. This leads me to a book that I think you should all read, and if you're interested in hacking your habits or just bringing more time and productivity to your life, it's really going to help you out. I think it has value for everyone, whether you consider yourself productive or if you really think you could use some help with this. It's by James Clear. It's called Atomic Habits. He has an amazing newsletter as well. Plug the book. I've read it twice, and it has really made me aware of my own habits, both good and bad. So let's get back to being generally more positive and upbeat. Why did I go into this huge dive, no pun intended, into anchors and habit building? That's not what this podcast is about necessarily, not this episode anyways. But it's important to understand that positive people are positive for a reason. It doesn't just come out of nowhere. Not every positive person wakes up in the morning crapping butterflies and sees everything through rose-colored glasses 24-7. It's as simple as this. When you feel like you have your process and your life figured out in some dimension, I believe you become significantly more confident in yourself. And this confidence leads to self-esteem. Depending on where you're at with your self-esteem, you could really use work with that. And that could be the reason why you're not positive or motivated or fill in the blank. 
but you can't feel like you have your life together until you've taken the steps to have your life together. Again, I want to tie back in, you have to take action. It's one thing to have the right mentality, but you have to put that mentality into action, otherwise it's wishful thinking. It's difficult to be optimistic about your life when your foundation is weak. Bake the cake, the icing will come later. On that note, I want to thank you for listening to the second episode of the Always Gaining Podcast. This is why I'm here. Always Gaining is about constantly pursuing a better life, physically, mentally, and emotionally. One small change can make a huge impact when it's compounded over time. I hope something you've listened to here will help you make those small changes in your own life. Because honestly, the world right now needs more positive and hopeful people. If you enjoyed this episode, if you could please leave a five-star review, share it with your friends, on your socials, any way you can help, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. But no matter what, I just appreciate you taking the time to listen, and I hope that you can apply something that I've said today to your own life. Finally, remember to live a life where you're always gaining.